This is exactly right. It's 1943 in the Kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly and every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty, uh, this is going to be a first. I'm going to give you a choose-your-own-adventure. Ooh, okay, I'm ready. Here's number one, choice number one. Drunken woman on motorized suitcase leads police chase through Orlando Airport. Okay. That's, That's your first option choice. one. I'm laughing. Uh, second choice is... Uh, drunk brawl breaks out between two naked sisters at Disney World. Okay, let's go number two because I watched the video for number one. So <laughs> let's see what the sibling rivalry is all about on a exquisite new epi of bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. Uh, that over there is Scotty Landis. That is comedian, podcast host, actor, writer, Kurt Brown-Oler. <laughs> and um, I, we're doing we're recording in the morning, which we normally don't do, but I'm feeling it today. I I'm love it. Are you, I'm all cold brewed up. I am, morning times, I think, are my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I've, ha- I've had no sleep for three weeks going Sounds on, good. but- Morning times are probably before I I start having like the deep despair and 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 shakes from not sleeping. So here oh, it that is. That sounds positive. Yeah, it sounds good. I'm pretty positive right now. I would like to bring on our fantastic guest. You might know our wonderful guest from a time on SNL or her mm-hmm. fantastic stand up. Mm-hmm. Season two of her a new award winning show Woke premieres April eighth on Hulu. She's on tour right now, getting ready to tape her new stand-up special in June, guys. So go see her and her podcast, Best Friends, with Nicole Byer and her name, is wonderful and available everywhere right now. Please welcome Sashir Zamata. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. Thank you for having me. Welcome to Bananas, Sashir. We're so glad to have you. I'm so glad to be here. Uh. And just for everyone to know, because we had like latency issues, we are we can't see Sashir. We can only see her Im- this image of a unicorn uh, with its tongue out in like a real. It's gorgeous. I, it, You're really seeing the authentic version of me. It's beautiful. <laughs> That's good. We'll, we'll Welcome. Welcome to the show. Um, so do you want to hear about, listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you. These two stories that I brought up, yeah. neither do I actually want to talk about. I've got something oh. I really want to talk about. Oh, good. I like that even more. Those because, were just little appetizers. And they were just appetizers. And also the whole story is in the headline. There's, yeah, yeah it's just right. like, it's people being drunk and then getting in trouble. That's pretty okay. much it. But this, I think, has some legs, folks. Oh, okay, dokie. Sashir, so, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> 
pastor resigns after incorrectly performing thousands of baptisms. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, so how do you incorrectly you perform a... <laughs> right? Like, it's set up like... It sounds like it could be very funny. Like he's just like dunking their feet and then tossing them out a window or something. But <laughs> oh, boy. no, this is what it is. I will tell you. This was in the New York Times written by Eduardo Medina. Oh, uh, he's good. The Reverend Andre Arango was leading a baptism at St. Gregory Catholic Church in Phoenix last year when some people in the pews heard a slight variation in the religious ritual. Quote, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Spirit, Father uh-huh. Rango said, his voice echoing in the church as he poured the holy water. But mm-hmm. there was a problem. Saying, quote, we baptize was incorrect. The Vatican okay. instructs priests to say, I baptize. And if it is not said that way, the baptism is deemed invalid. Oh, why? Uh, For no other reason than they're just being bullies. The I and the we is the thing because the priest is like a God's... Um, magic wand at that point? Yes, because the we suggests that it is the power of the uh, of the uh, community that sounds baptizes. Cool. Yeah, it sounds better, but no, like what cath the, what the Catholic Church requires is that the priest is like the one who has the power, and all of us standing around are just mm. a bunch of assholes. <laughs> well, there's no we in baptize. There is an I in baptize. No we. That's true. <laughs> This is not a team effort. <laughs> I mean, there is a we in wet, though, and you do get wet when you get <laughs> <That's true. laughs> It's two-thirds of wet is the we. Wow. So all these people. Thousands. Also, baptism, baptism, it's weird that I get it. You wash away original sin to start it with a kid. But how weird is it just to be like, we're dumping something on your kid? Everybody's going to come watch this thing that yep. the kid had nothing to do with. It seems like it's the last thing they should do before you kick the bucket to me. Like, they should be like, we're washing it all away. Yes. I love that idea. Oh, also, that's good. And as you, as, as banana people will know, um, well, Scotty and I were both raised Catholic, and so I'm I'm ready to go to town on Catholic Church at this point. But mm-hmm. uh, the fact that it makes me laugh. I used to try and have a stand up bit about it, but the fact that the, that what the Catholic Church decided was a baby, yeah, an innocent, beautiful baby, <laughs> that, like that have done nothing wrong in their life. As soon as it comes out, they're like, this baby is dirty, and we gotta fix him. I actually saw Gloria Steinem uh, do a talk, and she kind of had an offhand comment about the church and how it's Uh structured, like, to replicate a woman and, like, birthing. So, like, um... Like, the idea that you coming out of your mother's womb isn't enough. You need a man to kind of wet you down and, re- <laughs> and, and kind of reintroduce you to the world because what you just experienced mm-hmm. wasn't that wasn't holy. Yeah, what? and just like all these things, like like I have the power. Like I, you, you don't like the father is the leader, and you like he will be the way to yeah. get this like. This euphoric uh, uh, ecstasy that you can't experience from just your mother. Like, just, there was, like, a lot of comparisons. Yeah, exactly. Even, like, priests wearing gowns, essentially. (laughs) Just, like, like, wearing 
what kind of can be deemed as like dresses. Weird. Um, just all this reclaiming of like womanhood. <laughs> They're trying to be chicks. They're trying to be chicks. It would be funny if they like dipped the baby in, but then put it under the gown and went. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> Raise it up like a chicken cartoon, and there's an egg underneath. It's like, no, oh, it's a wet screaming baby that doesn't know what's going on. We're traumatizing it. I mean, oh, and God. also, it's just like the Catholic Church it has a very big problem in the fact that no, I mean, it has a lot of problems, but like the fact that let no one wants to become Catholic anymore. No one wants to be a priest anymore. Could and they I. could fix it so simply, in addition to like just making sure that the sex abuse stops. Um, but sure. they could fix it just by so easily not being dicks like this. Like This is such a stupid thing yeah. that they could easily, easily fix. And they continue to be the thing that I, I just don't think it'll exist in, in 100 years. Or well, Actually, we probably won't knows? exist in 100 years. Who have it? I went to, uh, when I was living down in Pensacola, a friend of mine was Southern Baptist, and we went to this mega church called Olive Baptist Church in Pensacola. And they were, it was Easter, and they were going to do a baptism on Easter. And so his parents were like, bring Scotty, bring Scotty, bring Scotty, like as if it was really going to impress me. So I go with his whole family. Everybody's dressed up. Uh, I was in it because I heard we were going to the Angus Steakhouse for brunch afterwards, and I was very poor at the time. So a little <laughs> prime rib put my butt in those views. <laughs> and they, um, the guy's name was Reverend Doctor Ted Trailer, I believe was the Reverend's name down there. And they were like, I don't know, let's say a thousand people. Um, very righteous gemstones vibes, and they were like, "Who here is here for the first time on this Easter Sunday?" And I was there for the first time, but there was no way in hell I was going to stand up. And my buddy and his whole family like all turned their heads and like looked no, at me, and he's no, like, "Stand uh, up, no, no, stand up!" And so they like goad me to stand up so i stand up and there's like i don't know 15 of us there a lot of the people that stood up were like here i am like lord put your spotlight on me i was like i am about to get taken into something and so this guy comes over like a parishioner dude or whatever and then takes me into another room and sits down and talks to me for half an hour about what? my relationship with the lord and all these things and then i go back and the family's like patting me on the knee so they do, they have a big baptismal font uh, up near where the choir is, like clear bathtub, basically. And so when they dunk this guy, you could see a grown man, it was a grown man getting baptized, go completely underwater and come back up. <laughs> like band kicks in, people are cheering. It's like, we got one! <laughs> so, so just this is like how I always think like these things go, whether you're religious or not. I don't care. I think it's cool if you are. I think it's cool if you aren't. Afterwards, we go to this brunch, and my buddy had been drinking too hard for like years. And so the guy that invited me, and we were there with another family, and they were like, hey, I won't say his name. I don't want to embarrass him, but we'll, we'll call him Doug, not his real name. They were Love like, it. Doug. How how are you? How's your health been? Because they kind of knew. He goes, oh, I. <laughs> he goes, oh, I've been taking these pills and I've been drinking no alcohol. And then he stands up in his like Sunday best and he starts rubbing his where his liver is, like with his hand, like he's rubbing his belly. He goes, and those pills go down and scrub, scrub, scrub the liver and go out the hole, <laughs> meaning he pisses it out. 
and what? he said scrub, scrub, scrub the liver and out the hole. What? Standing in a restaurant going scrub, scrub, scrub the liver and out the hole. And when he was out the hole, he would use his hand like a rocket ship going into the air. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is after my first time going to Southern Baptist. And... Um, and the parents were just mortified. The other, the other family, his parents are cracking up. I don't know what to do. Everybody else in the place just came from Easter brunch, or I mean Easter mass or whatever it's called, Easter service. And he's just going, oh, yeah, I take them pills, and they scrub, 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 deliver, and out the hole. So, and well. Doug was drunk that day. Yeah, Doug was yeah drunk. sounds like it. <laughs> Doug was not doing okay. <laughs> God. It's weird. All that ceremonial stuff is, it's something else. I did love the post-church meals. We went to Ponderosa. I don't yes. even, I feel that's like a Midwest buffet oh, nice. place. And a steakhouse. Yeah. 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 It was just, that was the, honestly, the best part. Yeah, you get to go to church. <laughs> you're around people. You're dressed up. People get to see your new outfit. Right. And then you get to eat a buffet. Yes. A nice little feast. It's a nice ritual. Yes. Oh, I I love I for some re- I weirdly loved it as a kid. Mm-hmm. I was an altar boy. I wanted to be a priest when I was like wow. twelve. I was like ready to do it, and then became very disillusioned. But I think that is the best part. I think that's my most people enjoy it is that it is there's a community to yeah. it. It's good. It's good for a lot of people. We actually have a lot of bananas that are religious folks, and they they yeah. write in, and they're just like. They, you know, they get it. Everybody gets just whatever makes you happy, whatever gets you through. Mm-hmm. Fine with us. Scotty, give us another one. Okay. Sashir, so I'll, I'll just tee this up first. What Have you ever had just a, a terrible job? Like when you were in high school or college or even before you started to make it in showbiz, was there one job that stood out to you as just a nightmare? Hmm. I can give you all. I can do the article if you need a moment to think about it too. I don't mind because this job, it's up there. Um, this was in UPI.com, written by Ben Hooper, who many far and wide agree is the best in the biz when it comes to writing about this topic. And it was B hoops, B hoops, uh, B hoops. We've actually done a few B hoop stories in the past. B-hoops oh my god, covers, I love your memory. Covers the good stuff. And this was sent in by. I think it's Veloschmid. It might be Veloschmid, but it's uh, his name's Eric. So thank you, Eric. Company. <laughs> I like how Ben Hooper wrote this, by the way. Company offers more than $6,000 to smell dog poop for two months. <laughs> what? <laughs> Company offers more than $6,000 to smell dog poop for two months. February 24th. It's a recent one. UPI. A plant-based food company in Britain, is offering to pay a dog owner more than $6,000 to switch their canine's diet for two months and keep track of their pet's poop smells. Also, it's so funny to say more than $6,000. I was just thinking that. Why not say the number? Why are you being so elusive with how much more it is than $6,000? Ben's just reeling us in. He knows how to use it. I know. You know what's more than $6,000? $1 billion, which I love for two or $6,001. <laughs> yeah, it's either or. It's either or. <laughs> That's right. Omni, uh, a company that specializes in plant-based dog food, said it is seeking, quote, a dedicated dog owner to sniff their dog's poop to test the effect of a plant-based diet on their dog's digestion. 
stool odor, and general health. So, you know, dream job for some, nightmare for others. <laughs> Here's the real total. The winning applicant, so one person. Omni's really looking deep into this. They're hiring one guy um, or gal, but it's going to be a, a guy. Uh, <laughs> the winning applicant will be paid $6,685 and... 82 cents. Whoa, whoa, $6,666? No, 85. <laughs> 6685 I was like, this is the devil's work. <laughs> also, you're required to burn an upside-down cross into the butt of your <laughs> Now I see what's happening. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. Um, so, yeah, two months you have to report on the effects on the animal's bowel movements, poop odor, energy levels, behavior, sleep patterns, weight. And, I mean, a lot of people are obsessed with their dogs. So for somebody, this probably really is a dream job. And look, it is. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I don't want to smell my dog's fecal matter. And I accidentally do every single day. So, you know, when you have to pick it up, you get a whiff of it. So I would easily do this. I would yeah. easily take almost seven grand. Brand. Oh, but are, the, there's you just listed a ton of other ways to track their health. Why yeah. is smelling <laughs> the poop the focus? They could just do all the other stuff and be like, my dog is getting healthier. And I guess <laughs> when I really think about it, the poop doesn't smell as bad. But like, why is the focus making sure that the poop smells better? You know, sometimes you just got to think the owner of Omni is just a real creep. But you know, yeah, oh, um, they're just looking for feedback on their dog stools to see in terms of color, consistency and smell. So what better way to demonstrate this than being willing to pay a dog owner to sniff their dog's poop once they've switched from our brand to our brand of dog food? So I, I'm with you this year. I don't understand it, but wow. It does feel like a rich yeah, man's he- prank. It feels like some you know some billionaires are like, let's see how the poor people will react if we ask them to smell poop every day. <laughs> how much poop can we get them to smell? Yeah, it's like it, this is this is a version of Squid Games. It is. It's a Squid Game, and it's such an arbitrary number six thousand six hundred eighty-five dollars and eighty-two cents. It's like round that up to ten grand. I mean, come just on. yeah. In a month of my dog shit, and dogs go to the bathroom a couple times a day, right? So it's, mm-hmm. you're gonna stay busy. <laughs> this is a nice do you have, do you have currently have an animal? Are you an animal person, Sashir? I do enjoy animals. I don't own any. I don't like um, responsibility outside of myself. So I. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I've said that before on the podcast. Me too, Sashir. Completely. Yeah. I just don't really want to take care of anything, especially a dog where yes. it's like, oh, I got to go home and walk my dog. I got to I can't go out late because I got to mm-hmm. fucking take care of this thing that doesn't pay rent here. Like, uh, no, thank you. But I, we almost, mm-hmm. I may, I almost like, we'll, we'll see. I, there, I might be acquiring a cat. I don't know yet. There has been a cat that's been just like roaming my yard and I can see it in the ring cameras yep. and it left, too. it left a gift recently. It, what was it? <laughs> there, it was a mole. It was a dead mole. And I was oh, like, oh, that means it likes you. I think so. I looked it up wow. and it was like, if it leaves a dead animal it's like saying like you're my family i'm providing for you which is so sweet it was horrifying though because i walked out it was like truly outside my front door and it was just this 
like maimed mole and i was like i'm so confused because it wasn't eaten it was just like bit and like bleeding out and i was like what the fuck just happened and i looked on the cameras and i was like oh this little tabby just left a little present for me yeah, and moles aren't that great looking when they're alive, anyways. No. Oh my god, it was to see alive. I was maybe it's worse. I was, <laughs> it actually was worse. I was confused because it had these huge like claw hands, and I was like, "It's not a rat. I don't know what the fuck this is." And I had to look it up, and I was like, "Okay, I think it's a mole because it has like digging utensils on it on, attached yeah, to its body." Not great on the on the on the living side of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny to all of a sudden be confronted with these animals that are like? kind of ubiquitously around at night mm-hmm. but but we never see mm-hmm. yeah because i had i had a skunk i had skunks that i think were humping under my house <laughs> and so when they hump they squirt and oh. uh, so yeah. like Sign multiple days <laughs> there was no smell outside but my entire house smelt like a skunk had squirted no. inside of it and it happened over and over and over again so i got oh, like buddy. a have a heart trap and i set it up and then I caught every animal that oh, lives on my property <laughs> except for a skunk. <laughs> and I will give you the review of which is the, the most fun to catch. Uh, oh. Squirrels are just annoying, and yep. they're, they just chitter at you. Yep. Um, a raccoon mm-hmm. is big. Raccoons yeah, are than you think. Big. They're really big, and, yeah. And I put on like really a work gloves before I opened it up and let him out. Smart. And uh, he totally bit me hard <gasps> on the, the glove. You're thank kidding. God I had it. Yeah, totally was uh, just like dodged a bullet. That was yeah. Crazy. Thank God. Exactly. And then the most fun um, are the uh, oh my God I'm forgetting the animal's name. It's got the long pink opossum. Possum. Oh, possum. Because a possum. A possum is a, is a nice size Great animal. animal. It's not too big. It's not too intimidating <laughs> when you find it in a have a heart trap. And what it does <laughs> when it's like, you know, it, it's uh, these animals are scared when I go to release them. It just sits in the back and opens its mouth. <laughs> yeah. And it just like this. <laughs> just mouth out. open like he's threatening me. But like you can see his teeny tiny little teeth are just... They're not going to hurt. If a possum bites you, it's not going to hurt. So it's just he's got his mouth open like, ha, 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 there's a cat that comes around my property too, named Punk, and I let him in, and he's he sleeps on my chair. He's a great animal, and he, but the way I know he's here is he sits at my back door and he puts his paw in the glass. Now it's very adorable. Aww. He knows that will get him in. Um. So I always catch him out of the corner of my eye when I'm writing. And the other day I look out the corner of my eye, see movement, and it is a full size coyote, full size, <laughs> oh, yeah. like not mangy, not wily, <laughs> just a little wolf standing looking <laughs> in my back door. And so I slowly get up. It's standing on my deck. It's crazy. And I get. Did it put a paw on the window? Door and I have a screen door. (laughs) I did. The weird part is, is I put my paw and it rolled its eyes. (laughs) And I sent Kurt the video of this coyote just walking through my gate and right past my front door, and then just jogging up the stairs to my driveway. And you saw that thing, Kurt. It was like it was a big one. 
It was yeah. crazy. L.A. is wild. Yeah, there's a lot of coyotes in my neighborhood, and they run the streets. They don't care. They're like, day or night, we're just walking around. <laughs> One was, yes. like, in my yard, and it started, it, like, looked to the street, and it started doing that awful scream that's like, ah! like that weird uh, cackle. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I was like, are you calling your friends over? Like, please do not have a party in my yard. I, I, it looked like it was like, hey, guys, I found a good spot. <laughs> Come over. I didn't see yeah. any other ones, but it definitely, like, <laughs> staked out the territory for later. Yes. I was hiking in Griffith Park one day with my friend Martha, and we were coming down this hill, and there's a golf course on one side, and then there's, like, the Los Angeles type of dry, like, ready to spark into wildfire mountains on our right. And we're walking along, like, to, just having a chat. And then we heard police sirens in the distance. And then all of a sudden, all around us was howling. And we, it was middle of the day. And we realized we were just surrounded by coyotes hiding in the bushes that all started oh, wow. howling with the sirens. Oh, and gosh. she was like, whoa, that's crazy. And we walk over, and all these coyotes just run out of these bushes and run across the golf course. All these golfers are just, like, standing there with their clubs. And it was like, all it took was that one siren. And suddenly we were like, oh, you're being watched all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. My yeah. dog, my dog would do that um, when it when she heard a if a siren got close enough, she would just stop and just go. <laughs> and it was like she was possessed, and then afterwards she would be a, like a little embarrassed by it. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I don't know where that came from. Sorry. <laughs> yes, it was really funny. She would always like kind of shake it off and then like keep walking. But I would always say like, oh well, yeah, well she was she was raised by a pack of ambulances. I I'm going to tease us into our break here with this little little gem. Oh, I love that. Uh, second grader's handwritten book has years-long wait list after he snuck it onto library shelf. Fantastic. Aww. That sounds so fun. We'll be right back with some more wholesome bananas. Folks, we are back. Just a reminder that uh, we got a couple shows coming up, all we right? Got a bunch of shows. Get your butts out there. We got Tacoma. Mm -hmm. Tacoma, March 19th. We got Vancouver, March 20th. It's up to you, Canada. You got to show up for Vancouver or we ain't ever coming back. You duped Kurt once and we have not <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> we got Portland, April 14th. San Francisco, April 15th. Or maybe those are reversed. And then we're at uh, Moon Tower Comedy, uh, 21st and 22nd of April in, in Austin, Austin Texas. Texas, which you're also going to be there as well, right? So I will be there. Sure? Yes, I will. So I'll oh, see cool. you guys down there. I'll see you there. We're hanging. Kurt's doing stand-up too, right? You're doing a stand-up yeah. night. And then, uh, oh, this is oh, Sashir. We're going to hang. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. Do you have any shout-outs before we get back into it, Scotty? I do. I have some funny ones too. Uh, here's the first shout-out, Kurt. <laughs> Hi, Tara Bray. That's it. Hi, Tara Bray. Um, so, oh, Stephanie Lopez got, needs a birthday shout-out March 10th from Victor. Victor said he's going to rub your feet all day and make you pancakes while he's in the nude. 
Victor is a true wild man, so happy birthday, Stephanie Lopez. <laughs> and Justine uh, Isleward, or Isleward, I'm so sorry, Justine, if I'm butchering your last name. We're going to go with Isleward. Uh, let us know that there is a soapbox derby in June in Des Moines, Iowa, and there's still time to enter the race. If any banimals that live near Des Moines want to slap <laughs> Wait, is this some an adult stickers, yeah, is this an adult soapbox derby? It's a Red Bull sponsored soapbox derby. They're still <laughs> looking for cars. If anybody wants to do this, like DM Kurt and I, maybe we can figure out a banimals version. If you sail down that thing in a bananas, and this is bananas podcast, we we could figure some sort yes. of sponsorship out so if you live near des moines and you're gonna be there june 18th we might just sponsor your soapbox derby car it would be fantastic oh hell yeah um I and I, I have one from uh this was emailed in this is from elliot uh you, it elliot. says hi this is elliot i am 13 and my friends and i listen to you every tuesday on the bus this was a dare and i love the podcast you're all the best in the biz thanks elliot elliot's great elliot beber everybody elliot <laughs> banana of the week 13 years old? That's our second 13-year-old listener, which makes me worried about the stuff I say on this podcast. No, no, no. (laughs) Paint with every color on the palette, kids. (laughs) Elliot, you're doing great. Uh, We are, of course, here with the wonderful Sashir Zamata. Sashir, thank you for being here. Tell us about Woke, about the second season Mm, on Hulu. It comes out soon. Yes, it comes out in April, and I'm very excited. Um, This is... A show about, well, the title is Woke, but it's to kind of evoke any image of that. Um, I feel like the Mm -hmm. first season was about the main character kind of realizing what his blackness meant in his artwork and in in relation to his audience. And then the second season is kind of exploring how there are different ideas of how to be woke and none of it's Mm -hmm. right or wrong. And I really love that. I like exploring that and making people question it. And it's a comedy. So it's like that's we do talk about that stuff, but we also find a way to poke fun at at it and laugh at it and laugh at ourselves and have fun. Yeah, that's great. great. It's a great show. It's so fun. Watch it, everyone on Hulu. Um, All right. Are you guys ready to get back into this uh, this child's book? I also want to, I do want to guess Sashir up a little bit too. You were on a show that got buried called Robbie with Roy Mary Holland and yourself. (laughs) And I got to say, I thought you were fantastic on that show. I thought you were, I was like, I knew you from SNL and I knew you from the New York comedy scene. But when I watched Robbie, I was like, Sashir's fucking good. So I'm sorry they, Comedy Central buried that show, but it was very funny. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was a super fun show to shoot. I mean, everyone yeah. that you listed is amazing and so fun to be around. And we shot in Atlanta, and it felt like a nice yeah. like summer camp. But yeah, there was a lot of changes happening at Comedy Central right. at that time. Yeah. So it kind of uh, fell down the totem pole, which is really unfortunate. And it, it it's still is. available on YouTube, but yeah, it didn't get the love that it, it deserved. Yeah, Bananas, check it out on YouTube. It's yep. Robbie, R-O-B-B-I-E. Um, it was just a great comedy. It's the kind of show that should be on Comedy Central. But, yeah, the main cast is excellent. Sashir is excellent on it. That's it is 
It is so fun. Comedy Central has such a knack for doing that of like investing money in a show and then pretending like they don't know it exists. Yeah. <laughs> like, so what? weird. It, it doesn't help anybody. You just put it out. No. <laughs> yeah. Put it's just like they're almost course. like, Ugh, throw it out the door. <laughs> just yeah. like, you, 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 this is your thing. <laughs> yeah. You wanted this. <laughs> you, you asked for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so this was uh, sent in by Instagram user Briggs. Mm-hmm. Um, this is in People magazine. This is we Heard posted this. We posted the original <laughs> version of this uh, on our Instagram. Okay, and found out. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what we found out after okay, I read this be. story. Again, the title is Second Grader's Handwritten Book Has Years Long Wait List After He Snuck It Onto Library Shelf. So great. A book written by a second grader is a hot commodity at an Idaho library. Dylan Helbig, eight, used a trip to the Ada Community Library's Lake Hazel Branch in Boise with his grandmother as the perfect chance to share his original work. (laughs) Quote, the adventures of Dylan Helbig's Christmas, uh, C-R-I-S-M-I-S, by, quote, Dylan Hisself. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you need. Uh, while at the library in December, Helbig managed to slip his 81-page book, 81-page book, made with My a goodness. red notebook and designed with colored pencils onto a shelf in the children's picture book section without being spotted. His grandmother had no idea Dylan made the naughtyish move, as he described Ooh. it to the Washington Post. Uh, his book tells a story of uh, Helbig decorating a Christmas tree where the star blasts him to the first Thanksgiving and the North Pole. <laughs> Infamous <laughs> holiday antagonist, Sounds the Grinch. Fun. Also makes an appearance at the end. He told his mother, Susan Helbig, about leaving his book on the library shelf, but when they went to retrieve it two days later, it wasn't there. Susan contacted the library to see if the book had been discovered Uh and asked that it not be thrown away. Alex Hartman, the branch manager, told the outlet that he and other library staffers found Dylan's book, and it was, Mm -hmm. quote, was was far too obviously special an item for us to consider getting rid of it. Yes. Uh, It was a sneaky act, Hartman said, adding that the employees and even his six-year-old son got a good laugh at it. Dylan is a confident guy and a generous guy. We wanted to share the story. He wanted to share his story. Um, I don't think it's a self-promotion thing. He just (laughs) genuinely wanted other people to enjoy his story. He's been a lifelong library user, so he knows how books are shared. Um, So then, yeah, this kid. Okay, so the so the bananimal connection is is the a bananimal is the librarian at no this way. library yes. who contacted the media about it. Oh. Uh, and she like she like immediately responded. She's like, I'm the librarian who told everybody about this. So she found the book and she was the one who because uh, other people were like, no, who oh, it's just a kid's book. And she was like, No, people are gonna love this. Like Damn we gotta right. let people know. So she wrote up a little PR release and like sent it out. And na- the kid's now been on Good Morning America. Heard of that. Oh, wow. he, like all this stuff now there's a like a over three year long waiting list to check the book out. So people are constantly checking the book out. Wonderful. And uh guys Wonderful. Th- if you if you make something, just get it out there. Get it out there. Yeah. You can. I love that oh. entrepreneur mm-hmm. initiative. That's yeah, that's important to have. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll yeah, make just... copies? Because if right. this is a flimsy notebook i'm worried for i know the th- for three years of people checking it out taking it to their homes i damage library books all the time like oh yeah the pages yeah. are bent there's like people highlighting stuff all the time like mm-hmm. i feel like we need to 
make sure that the the integrity of the actual fiscal <laughs> notebook Agreed. is upheld. Yeah. Agreed. Somebody needs 100%. to make some copies, and it can be a limited run. Make ten copies. Like, yeah, let's, I yeah. agree. Kurt, did you? I'm sorry. Did you have that librarian's name? We'll oh, you know what? I will. We'll I'll look it, it up in. right now. We will plug it because, and we're going to dedicate this one. We've done this before, but we're going to do it again to librarians far and wide. We love those librarians. You know, libraries are a very strange place these days. I'm sure. It's like mm-hmm. little kids come in, people <laughs> listen to audible books or audiobooks at home, and then lots of people use it as a public bathroom. So library, librarians, <laughs> so I, one of my good friends, Rachel, is a librarian, and the story she told about people having sex in the libraries oh. and people, yeah, just like finding people passed out and sleeping in libraries, it's a, it's a crossroads of the human experience. Really I've, I've got it. The librarian's name there is Paige Beach. We love that Paige Beach. Yeah. And she's not the one who sent the story to us well, in the first place, which humble. is the craziest part. She's humble. Yeah. <laughs> she was so excited that someone sent it in. So thank you, Paige. I Did used to do this rock. thing years ago where I would go into um, oh, yeah. uh, like grocery yes. stores and drug stores and um, buy a bunch of greeting cards yes. and then take them home and then like uh, like alter them with uh, like alternate endings to the greeting cards <laughs> and then sneak them back into the store <laughs> and then did. put them back on the shelf. And I would just do it constantly. I did it for like two years, like every other day. Um, and Can I you remember no any idea. of them? Uh, one, yeah, I remember one. It was, um, I think it was, um, it, the, the front of it said, uh, you're two. Uh, and then on the inside, I just wrote, only one more year until memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did a lot. You used to post it on social media sometimes, but it was such a great idea because it's what you and I like, which is like a hidden time bomb of yes. joy. Mm-hmm. Somebody eventually was going to get that. All my, I like old postcards. I like to find them. And I love the ones that somebody started writing a postcard and bailed on it, which happens a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be like, you know, on the front, it'll be like a donkey or something. And they'll be like, <laughs> made a friend. And then that's it. And you're like, who was that <laughs> going to? And why did they second guess this postcard? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, John's going to hate this. I forgot he got kicked by a mule once. He's going to hate <laughs> The best. I love all those little moments. That kid rocks. Dylan rules. Yeah, my dad actually gave me a a story that I wrote, I think, when I was in elementary school. And it was like the magical dresser or something like that. And I read it, and it was—it's actually pretty dark. <laughs> it was, really, and oh, no. and had and had nothing to do with the dresser. I don't know why I titled it that way, <laughs> but it was actually about this like Chinese dynasty family where the daughter wanted to like be the the empress and started cool. killing her sisters in different oh, ways. Oh, I like oh, mapped out different that. ways. <laughs> different ways these these sisters were dying. And and she got what she wanted. <laughs> but at what cost is she at what Yeah, cost? now she and now she's alone, you know, and like maybe that's the lesson. <laughs> It's lonely at the you, top. Yeah, you did what Kurt did with greeting cards, but you did it to every Disney story, which is like you basically did Cinderella, but then just had Cinderella have some payback, which is maybe a better movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a there's a real lesson there. You, you shouldn't want 
royalty. You shouldn't want to be so bloodthirsty to get to the top that you end up killing all your sisters. (laughs) Don't do it. Not this year. It is all interesting about the Disney stuff. This was uh, our friend Rich Blomquist offhandedly mentioned it to me, and I can't stop thinking about it. Is that every Disney like princess story, like every Disney story for the most part, is about how the parent like you shouldn't listen to your parents. The your parents are wrong. Like across the board, like Moana's dad doesn't want Moana to go out on the ocean. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and so she's like, no, you're wrong. I'm going to do that. And then that's success. Um, Little Mermaid. The, you're Milan. Yeah. The same thing. The dad doesn't want her to go to war. She's like, no, you're wrong. I'm going to go to war. And then, you know, that's, that's yeah. the journey that she needs. So, yeah. So just to so know, I'm the only parent on this podcast at this point. But just to know that they, your death is the only thing that will allow your children to succeed. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> the death of your authority is what gives child birth life to children. Because <laughs> so finally they can go on their own way. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Fulfill um, their destiny without you. Right, <laughs> and yeah, that is really good. That's really I've never thought about. I've never written right? an animated movie, but uh, now I know where to begin. Yeah, it's really the death. interesting. I, the thing I love about that Dylan story is like those kind of stories, like a kid took the initiative to not only pen a book, probably illustrated it and then snuck into a library. So he probably had it stuffed up his shirt or yeah. in a book bag or something, put it on there. And then the fact that adults, a lot of people like us and that people that listen to our podcast, like just want a little taste of it, just want to be a part of this cool thing for yeah. whatever years and years. Those are the weird, silly things that actually give me tons of hope in spite of everything going on in the world. Like there's this thread of kindness that kind of bounces around. And it's so fun when it started by just an innocent kid who had an idea or anybody who has an idea. So I think Curdy B and I would encourage anybody to be silly in your own town because you don't know Mm -hmm. if it's just going to launch this thing that's really fun and everybody gets to enjoy it. I mean, we've talked shit on SantaCon before, but whoever originally started that, it was a great idea. Go to bars with your friends just to Santa. It's a great idea. Of course, it escalated to this point where now it's all bros and assholes. But at some point, SantaCon was a cool group great idea so we encourage you to start something small and look what can happen it's oh huge. you know what i mean it would be fun to do banana con it would sure. be fun to do banana con just get as many people and if you just keep it small where it's like 200 people dressed in banana costumes and you yeah. just go <laughs> all day long we ha- we should do that we should figure out what would the activities version. be exactly we gotta oh. figure out those activities to shoot. slides slides would be involved Definitely. bananas slides. going down slides is inherently oh. very funny yeah. Um, we could a splits stage. contest? A splits, splits. contest. Banana splits? Yeah, we would have to get ice cream at, at some point as well. Um, yeah. I've always wanted to do a downhill 1K that starts at 11 a.m. So everybody gets a medal <laughs> and a trophy so they actually finish a race. Because all those people that brag about marathons and stuff, it's like, yeah, but did you do a downhill 1K? Um, <laughs> The maybe banana downhill one k. Maybe I that's like where that. we start with. Yeah. Maybe that's where it starts, and then we all just do a, a slight bar crawl and a splits competition. Shashir, <laughs> 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 so, sure, can you do a split? Do you want to come and judge this competition? I cannot do one, but I can definitely judge. <laughs> <laughs> I know what they're supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. That's it. All right, all tease right. us, tease us to want to wrap this puppy up. Ooh, okie dokie. This was sent in by Ashley B. Thank you, Ashley B. Uh, this is from Kurt's 
favorite website, allthatsinteresting.com. He won't stop texting me about it. Look, the thing about it is that it's all that's interesting, all right? It's like, imagine something interesting. They have it. They cover it, okay? It's crazy. Whenever I'm over his house, bells and whistles and alarms are going off. He sprints to the closest computer. He's got one tape to the wall in every room, and he's like... And interesting is a large umbrella. Like, it's not necessarily fascinating or good or bad. It's just interesting. Just something of interest. It takes up all my time. I have ticker tapes in every room. His kids are holding their stomach with hunger pains around the house because Kurt is constantly refreshing all that's interesting.com. Written by, here's a great name, Kalina Fraga. Or, yeah, Kalina Fraga. Thank you, Kalina. Best in the biz. Best in the business. Kalina Fraga at allthatsinteresting.com. Here we go. This is an interesting story, actually. You know what? As I'm about to say it, they ain't wrong. Georgia woman (laughs) was just charged with faking a pregnancy to get paid time off. Mm. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So Robin Folsom's colleagues became suspicious when they noticed her baby bump was askew. And she sent (laughs) So if you're going to lie, lie big, right? And then she Mm. sent them inconsistent photos of her fake children. Oh. So here we go. Sometimes people lie and say that they're sick to skip work. Who hasn't? It's yeah. fun to do. Uh, but a Georgia woman named Robin Folsom went one step further when she faked a pregnancy in order to get seven weeks of paid time off. Wow. This is amazing. So that means also she had the baby bump for, what, probably at least three to four months every day at work? Like yeah. she had to wear... Oh like yeah, fake. and it had to grow. It had to get bigger throughout over time. Mm. Wow, this is a commitment. There's a lot of commitment. You might. It's maybe harder than having a child. You might say. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Now she's facing three counts of making false statements and one count of identity fraud. Uh, when isn't this crazy? So when Folsom's employer first sent us the case, we thought there had to be a misunderstanding because we could not believe it. Said State Inspector General Scott McAfee. Oh, that's or, a, I thought this was going to be a reporter at all. All that's interesting. Dot com. Yeah. That the guy was like, I'm sending this to all that's interesting. Helena yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fraga, best in the biz. Um. According to a news release sent out uh, by the Office of the Inspector, Folsom, who's 43, told elaborate lies about her pregnancy while working as the Director of External Affairs at the Georgia Vocational Rehab Agency, the GVRA. But uh, she informed the agency about her pregnancy in late 2020 and claimed to give birth in May 2021. But Folsom's colleagues quickly grew suspicious. I mean, <laughs> don't you want to just work in this office for yeah. not the nine months where this charade went on? Uh, they grew suspicious, though Folsom had a baby bump. One of her colleagues noticed something wasn't quite right about it. In March 2021, a coworker observed that the lower portion of Folsom's <laughs> stomach had come away from her body. Oh, boy. Oh, Boy, and believe Folsom wore a fake pregnancy stomach. In addition, wow. Folsom allegedly sent photos of her new baby to various GVRA employees. However, the pictures appear to be inconsistent and depicted children with varying skin tones. So she was just picking and choosing. <laughs> this is wait. Weird. So she was saying that she had. She was saying not only is the baby in her stomach fake, but also she had children at home that were fake. Yes, that's correct. That's exactly <laughs> wow. what she's saying. She's 
she's got she's got a lot going on. Um, yeah, it gets well. She actually, has to continue through, right? Yeah. She has to continue through. But that's the best part. If she hadn't been caught, like five years down the line, she'd have to be like, "Oh, here's little Jeremy," <laughs> and like yeah. show a picture of a five year old to people. Yeah, wow. just taking videos in the park of other people's kids running and doing <laughs> stuff from very far away. <laughs> um, so here's where it gets even wilder, I would say. Okay. Which okay. Um, so the colleagues start identifying her fraud. GVRA employees and human resources started putting two and two together. Things weren't adding up, and thankfully, they didn't just shrug uh, shrug it off. They realized that something uh, more serious was happening. So they know Folsom was a uh, appeared to be motivated by having paid time off after she gave birth on May first, twenty twenty. A man named. <laughs> oh, I can't. I'm excited. <laughs> a man named Bran Otembembewe. <laughs> okay. Bran B R A N O Otembembewe. Bembewe emailed leaders at her office claiming to be the father of Folsom's newborn baby and said that Folsom's doctor had quote mandated several weeks of rest following the delivery. As a result, Folsom superiors gave her seven weeks of paid leave. Oh, this isn't just like normal that they get people get seven weeks of paid leave at this at this employer. They like uh, they worked it out to get seven weeks. Government employees in Georgia can take up to twelve weeks of unpaid oh. leave, They're but it has to be yes. someone has to call and say they need it. <laughs> yeah, a man <laughs> named Bran Oatmembebwe, uh, but Bran. Oatmembebwe was merely a product of Folsom's imagination. What? He does not exist. Wait, Brand doesn't exist? There Whoa. is no Brand Oatmembebwe. Whoa. Um, you know, a first name that's from, I guess, Game of Thrones, maybe. Brand. A, Brand. A name that sounds loosely African or very African <laughs> um, so she, she's Folsom's really really picking and choosing about she's like there's no way they're gonna catch this they're not, they're not gonna question a name like that of course this person's real of course they're not gonna my, my the father of my varying colored children Bran Otembewe um, so we ultimately didn't find any evidence that he existed said McAfee that's why she has been charged with identity fraud this is not the first time Folsom has faked a pregnancy what oh my gosh oh my gosh again she could have just had a baby um, hmm. but I'm very glad that she didn't honestly after reading yeah. this story um, she claimed to have given birth in July 2020 as well. So just just a couple years back. And in August 2021, after three months after the birth was questioned, she informed her employees that she was pregnant once again. So she just doubled down and said, I'm pregnant uh, again. Three months later. Yes. So they checked the Office of Vital... Yeah, it, it Irish twins. Um, they checked the Office of Vital Records to review birth certificates and found that there were no children. Uh, Folsom had no children or no indication that Folsom had ever delivered a child. After lying to investigators about Otem, Otemembewe uh, and the existence of her children, Folsom resigned from her position, sadly, and is now facing criminal charges... Uh, she is facing, oh, if she's found guilty on April 4th, she could spend up to 25 years in prison. What? Oh, my gosh. $103,000 in fines. Way too much. This is two months in jail. Pop. Yeah. This is That's way years. harsh. That's way insane. Harsh. 
I agree. We we all are in agreement. Just some community service, you know? Yes. Or actually, probably just mental health counseling. She probably probably has something going on, you know? Yeah, I think it's evidence of something else going on. Not necessarily. Maybe many things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe many things. Not a criminal mastermind. That no. needs to be behind bars. Because, like, who was years. harmed? Like, people were confused, yeah. but, yeah. like, no one was That's harmed. That's the craziest part, right? No one was harmed. All it did was create confusion, and maybe she made a couple a couple bucks, and that's it. That's yeah, crazy. Pay back what you took. Yeah. Uh, do some community service. And then also, that office, uh, the office that she works in, sounds like probably like most office spaces, not that great. Kind of boring, you might even yeah. say. Mm-hmm. She just gave them the greatest story of their entire lives. When these people retire and they're on a carnival cruise in the middle of the ocean, they go, I'll tell you a story about a lady yes. that fake two pregnancies. And we noticed. And then that story exaggerates. Yes. That belly wasn't only unhinged on the bottom. It was hanging off the side of her head. Like, she brought a baby to work. That wasn't hers. We don't know whose baby that was. It was Brand Oten Bayway. <laughs> she tried to make a baby the president of the company. <laughs> the movie Boss Baby is based on Folsom's fake baby. Cookies are for closers. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sashir, so thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, what what plug stuff? Tell us where to Anything find you. All that you shit. Yes, I am uh, filming my stand-up special in D.C. June 3rd, and I'm touring Exciting. up until then. So you can see all my tour dates on sashir.com, and all my socials are at the sheer truth, T-H-E, sheer truth. And uh, watch Woke when it comes out in April on Hulu. Yeah. Home Economics on ABC is still airing, I think, until April, so you can watch that uh, every Wednesday, and then that comes out on Hulu the next day. Best Friends podcast comes out every Wednesday, and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Yeah, that's nice. pretty good this I'm, year. I'm looking at all of your dates, and you're hitting so many of the same places that we just played. Uh, oh, nice! It's like the White Rabbit Cabaret is Very so fun. Yeah. The Den in Chicago. Have you been at the Great Den? In Chicago? I haven't been yet. It's so nice. It's Great really very very guys. pleasant. Oh, nice! Um, and we'll see you in Austin. Thank you so much for being here. Come back anytime. Yes, thank you for having me. This is fun. I learned so much. Yes. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 